You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm. And Gregor, a big win for the Blue Jays on Monday night. Obviously a tough weekend against the Royals where they dropped two of three, but Devin Travis comes through big time. Four hits on Monday night, including the big go-ahead hit in the seventh inning. Um, And this is the Devin Travis that we've seen recently is the one that, boy, the Blue Jays wish they had had all season, but better late than never. Yeah, absolutely, and and in a lot of ways, he, he's proving some critics wrong because I mean he had a very small sample size last year, put up some incredible numbers, and people were wondering whether or not that was the real Devin Travis. And um, now that he's fully healthy and up to speed, I, I think he really is showing the true Devin Travis. And he had an incredible series uh, down in Kansas City. He's continued that uh, through the homestand this this week, and and you just really have to like how he looks at the top of that order. He's he's still not quite your prototypical leadoff guy, but he's a lot more. Uh, closer to that mold uh, than the guys that the Blue Jays have been using before with Batista and some other guys who are in that slot. just makes that lineup uh, look that much deeper and, and gives the Blue Jays another option of a guy to get on base for, for the heart, heart of that order. Yeah, in the heart of that order. But for some reason, this offense seems to just be in a little bit of a funk. Obviously, they, they put up some nice... Uh, got some good runs on Monday, but overall, um, a little bit of a downturn as far as the offense goes. Obviously, every team goes through that. What exactly has been the overall problem over the last week or so with this offense? Well, the, the strikeouts are, are the ones that jump out the most. I mean, really, I and mean, it's a problem that, that happened earlier on this season as well, and then really kind of came to a head in, in Houston where they uh, set the record for most strikeouts in, in a four-game series. And uh, that was that. Those problems kind of continued in, in Kansas City, and, and this is that's going to happen with with this team from time to time. Um, there's a lot of uh, streaky hitters in that lineup who, who run hot and cold. Uh, Encarnacion being kind of a prime example of that, and we're seeing a hot streak right now from Devin Travis, and, and some of the other guys are a little bit cool, cold right now. Uh, but Jose Batista, I think, is showing some signs of uh, of really starting to put together some really good at bats. So I, I don't think this downward trend is going to last very long. I think. Uh, you probably saw the, the the opening signs of that at the homestand of the offense breaking out a little bit, and I would expect that to, to continue. It's always nice to be back at Rogers Center as far as the offense is concerned as well. Uh, that's good stuff. All right, well, the big news of the past week, I guess, uh, Gregor, happened just a few hours after we recorded the podcast a week ago, uh, and that is that instead of moving Aaron Sanchez to the bullpen, they're going to go with the six-man rotation so everybody gets a little extra rest, including him, and you hope that helps as far as the innings go and, and the total innings and, and his just workload overall. Um, this is so weird, though, the way it all came about because it was the team went from one thing to another, and then it seemed like different people were saying different things. Um and then suddenly, out of nowhere, hey, we're doing a six-man rotation. Um, was there a time frame of how this all came about? I mean, was there one moment where the, the powers that be came together and decided, hey, let's do this instead of moving him to the bullpen? Yeah, it was really kind of a strange turn of events. I don't think I recall ever seeing anything quite like it um, during my time covering this team where you know an organization came out, actually made an announcement, and then you know, 48, 72 hours later, uh, seem to completely change their mind. And uh, I think, you know, one thing it does show is, is a willingness in the front office to be a little bit flexible. Uh, I, I think there was a, a large number of things that, that kind of factored into the, into the decision. I think the public perception uh, might have been one small example of that. Um, but I think also more importantly, 
you know, there were some guys in the clubhouse who spoke out against the move, Russell Martin being the main guy. He didn't quite understand it. Um, Aaron Sanchez, I, I think, in, in some private meetings, got to voice, um, you know, his take on, on these things as well. And uh, John Gibbons has been a proponent of, of keeping Sanchez in the rotation all year long. Uh, he's been like that since day one. And, and I think uh, what happened was is, is they – they dealt with the fallout. Everybody got together and, and had a conversation, hashed it out, and they decided to come up with this plan. And it's, it's not perfect, um, but it's going to give them a chance to potentially have Sanchez uh, as a starter late into the season and maybe even the playoffs. And they're going to have to massage some things along the way. I think where it gets really tricky is when you have days off uh, mixed in there as well. So instead of guys making their starts on one extra day rest, they're, they're making it on two. That can really dis- disrupt some of the, the scheduling issues that they have. Uh, so they're going to have to get creative, and they're going to have to get creative to, to still monitor Sanchez's innings because even every six days is going to take them over the limit they would like to get to. So I think at some point they're going to have to skip a start here and there there as well. You mentioned that, I mean, obviously Sanchez has to be thrilled because we know he wanted to keep starting. But, but what about the other guys in this rotation? Because, I mean, it affects them too. Uh, and they're looking at Sanchez, and I know they want what's best for their teammate but it changes their preparation between start to start. Have you gotten a chance to talk to the other guys and get a feel for what they really think about the six-man rotation? Yeah, and, and that was something that, that Atkins kind of alluded to right after the, the deal was, or right after the announcement was made that he was going to stay in the rotation. This is a move that can't happen without um, the other starting pitchers signing off on this. Uh, I mean, if there were... Uh, you know, the group of the other five, if they were really upset about this and didn't want to have their schedules disrupted uh, the way they're going to be, then then this move simply does not happen. But uh, I think everyone in that clubhouse recognizes the value that Aaron Sanchez brings in his current role. And, uh, you know, Jay Happ is someone who talked about that uh, a lot last week. And, and it takes some flexibility on the rest of everybody else in that staff to, to in order to keep him in that role. But this team firmly believes, the 25 guys in that clubhouse firmly believes uh, that the Blue Jays are better off with Aaron Sanchez in the rotation than they are uh, in the bullpen. And I think everyone uh, was willing to be a little bit flexible in order to make that happen. Kevin Pilar is headed to the disabled list, Gregor. And obviously it's it's a tough hit as far as what he brings uh, defensively and offensively, but that gold glove caliber uh, center fielder roaming out there, that's something the pitchers like to have behind them. But it does kind of shine a light on the importance of the fact that this team went out and they got Melvin Upton Jr. at the trade deadline. I mean, to add depth to that outfield, um, at the time it was like, okay, you know, you can never have too much depth, I guess, out there. But now it looks even better with Pilar out of the lineup for a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. And if there's one thing the Jays did at the deadline that, that I did quite like was was the depth pieces that they were to add, uh, also on the pitching staff side of things as well, and uh, in particular now with, with Upton Jr. And they would have been in a, a much different situation a, a month and a half ago. Um, if Pilar had to miss significant periods of time. I mean, Carrera was able to fill in for a while, but you, you do kind of wonder about uh, putting him in the lineup long-term every day. When, when he started to do that, he really started to struggle. And uh, this is Upton Jr.'s opportunity now. Uh, you know, he, he's Obviously, you're going to lose something in center field when you take Kevin Pilar out of there, but he's, uh, Upton Jr. is still a very, very strong uh, defensive center fielder, so the Jays uh, should be pretty happy with what they're going to get there. And, and this gives him an opportunity to try and th- turn things around at the plate as well. He's, he's gotten off to a very slow start in the Toronto uniform. Um, this will give him an opportunity to, to play every day for the next couple of weeks and uh, really find his swing and, and get right for uh, what the Jays hope is, is a very important stretch run. I thought it was interesting listening to Pilar's comments um, when he spoke to the media there after after the announcement that he was going to the DL. It's a thumb injury. 
Um, and he slid, you know, got it sliding into second base. But he said, hey, I have more tol- pain tolerance than most people. Just threw that out there. And he said he thought he'd be able to come back because he's a guy that can can simply deal with the pain, which is something some players handle better than others. But I thought it was interesting that he was right out there with it pretty quickly saying, hey, as long as I'm not doing any damage, I'm willing to put up with, with any kind of pain that it's going to cause. Yeah, and we've seen that from him before. He had a hand, hand injury last year that, that wasn't really talked a, a lot about, but he played through it consistently, and he's been able to play through a lot of those uh, nagging injuries throughout his career. I mean, he's a guy you, you think of uh, you know, for the last couple of years as someone who's going to play 160, 161 games in the outfield. That's obviously not going to happen this year, but he rarely ever needs a day off, and uh, maybe that'll be good for him in the long run. I, I mean, the fact is the Jays should have a relatively capable replacement uh, in Upton Jr., and uh, it gives Pilar a, a little bit of a breather. You never want to miss time, especially at, at this time of the year, but they're going to get him back uh, you know, with, with basically six weeks to go in the regular season for the final push, and, and maybe it gives him a, a little bit of a boost down the stretch as well. One more thing for you, Gregor. Uh, Russell Martin's numbers kind of starting to trend upwards a little bit, which is good to see because regardless of how great he is dealing with the pitchers and behind the plate and the framing and all of that, when you're paying a guy $15 million a year, you don't want him hitting 228 like he was at the All-Star game. So how nice is it to see those numbers coming up a little bit and to know that he's not just giving you that, that presence behind the plate, but he's going to add some offense? Yeah, exactly. And, and he's one of those, those run-hot, run-cold type of hitters. And right now he's in one of those stretches. And, yeah, you're always going to obviously praise uh, what he does with the pitching staff. Uh, but as you touched on, when you're paying a guy uh, the amount of money that they're paying Russell Martin, it's for more than just the defensive side of things. That that kind of takes care of itself with the pitching staff. But uh, you need some offense out of that production as well. And, and one thing I think John Gibbons has done a pretty good job of this year you know, a lot of people like to criticize uh, Josh Tolley as the backup catcher, but Gibbons has been able to pick his spots, uh, getting Tolley into the lineup. Uh, and I think the fact that Martin hasn't uh, been forced to, to catch R.A. Dickey this year uh, has done a lot of good for him and his overall health as well. And, and I think that's why you're kind of seeing him peak right now as opposed to kind of, kind of running into those dog days of summer and, and seeing his production dip like, like a, a lot of catchers around the league would. Um, he, he's on an upward trend right now, which is really saying something for, for the, the grind that he has to go through behind the plate at his position. Yeah, this is supposed to be, like you said, the downturn for catchers once you get into August, but it is good to see. All right, this has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.